Welcome back, sports fans. We have got a wonderful lineup for you tonight, including some uh, thoughts on who we think is in or out of March Madness coming up. Uh, the Joe's report from the field on the NFL Combine and a video that you absolutely <laughs> must watch. I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe. I'm Mary Beth Smith. And did you see the size of that thing? Yes. Yes, it was a huge Oscar. <laughs> uh, I just want to say I'm so excited to talk about the NCAA bubble teams. I think I've done a lot of really good, tight, relevant research on what makes these teams good and bad, and I cannot wait to share my thoughts with you guys. Nice. Yeah. If he made all that up, don't tell Hooli. I don't, I don't know if he can hear you or not. I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe. I'm Mary Beth Smith, and this intro should have already been over. <laughs> <laughs> The moment we've all been waiting for, the starting lineup. All right, boys, let's kick it off with some talk about FIFA. Yeah, in the international football realm, FIFA recently named Gianni Infantino as the next man to be brought up on charges for criminal mismanagement and misappropriation. I'm sorry, that's my fault. He's the new FIFA president. So just come back in four years and listen to the beginning of that joke, and it'll be true. <laughs> Seriously, at this point, the FIFA president looks like Illinois governors. <laughs> uh, sticking with soccer, the USA men's national team has unveiled a new crest this week. Uh, we would like to tell you about how it differs from the last one, but we can't. No clue. Never seen it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's red, white, and blue. Yeah, it's probably got a flag or a star or something in there somewhere. Maybe the, word, the letters USA and, and potentially a soccer ball. Shaped like a shield? Duke player Grayson Allen finds himself in hot water again after appearing to intentionally trip an opposing player for the second time this season. He responded with, I'm a white player from Duke. You're supposed to hate me. And I got to do something since I can't get my shot to fall. So I really feel bad for him. Yeah, it sucks when you're being compared to Christian Leitner and you're still not as good or bad. Exactly. This past week, the NHL trade deadline came and went without any big noise. Just like the NHL season if you live outside of Canada or Chicago. Go Hawks. Mets outfielder Ioannis Cespedes, who has been driving all kinds of extravagant vehicles to spring training so far, has purchased a $7,000, 270-pound hog at the St. Lucie County Fair. So I guess we know how he's getting to work sometime next week or what the rest of the club is going to have for lunch all next week. Pablo Sandoval was at a fair? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he came in best in show. <laughs> the Joe, it's been reported that your boy, Kyrie Irving, is unhappy in Cleveland, which 
actually makes me think he's smarter than I thought he was. He can get in line behind everybody else living in Cleveland. Well, sure, he lives in Cleveland. He gets it now. <laughs> uh, real quick, here's what I think they should do if he really is unhappy. You trade him to Philadelphia for not this year's pick because there's no way they're giving up Ben Simmons, but for a future pick and Noel, and then that way when they get Embiid back, they have Embiid, Okafor, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving. Your boys end up with a great future future draft pick from Philadelphia, a great defender down well to pair with Kevin Love, who can't play defense if his life depended on it, and then you pick up Rajon Rondo in the offseason, who's a pass-first point guard, taking some of the pressure off LeBron. Kevin Love will open up that lane so he can drive right in. I think that's how you guys win a championship. I mean, whatever ends with us winning a championship. I don't care if we sign Donald Trump and David Duke at this point. If they can run a triangle offense. It's going to be the biggest, most beautiful triangle you've ever seen. <laughs> Make Cleveland great again. <laughs> Michael Beasley recently won the MVP of the Chinese League, putting the nail in the coffin of the Cold War finally. Really, commies? Really? Michael Beasley is the best player you have? We fucking won! <laughs> yeah, Michael Beasley's played 37 games for the Shandong Flaming Bulls this season, which often feels like twice as many games as Derrick Rose can muster up for the Chicago non-Flaming Bulls. Unfortunately, Rose is now out two to three weeks after that joke hurt his feelings. Uh, <laughs> uh, are his feelings also made of balsa wood? <laughs> uh, he's like a Jenga tower. <laughs> but with bones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a Houston Rocket fan recently got a large tattoo on his calf of James Harden. It was a six-hour session, and immediately after, the fan stood up, and his leg gave out and quit working. <laughs> so it's a really lifelike tattoo. Yeah, there's just no defense for getting a tattoo like that. <laughs> Actually, I saw it. It's super good work. Like, the beard is great. His fade looks good. It's a really good tattoo. Like, aesthetically, it's just of James Harden. <laughs> But does it show him with the $15 million he is running away with this season? Now that would be a realistic tattoo. I'm Robo Jackson. Bye. Well, some mistakes are permanent, but not this show. Stick around. We got walk-ons coming up next. Looks like it's time for walk-ons. All right, boys. I want to hear you guys pass it back and forth and decide who of the teams who are on the bubble as to whether they will get into the March Madness tournament uh, will actually make it. Um, so, yays or nays on uh, UConn? Uh, UConn in. I don't care that they lost to Houston. They beat Texas. They beat Tulsa. They beat Larry Brown's SMU team. They have a uh, Pretty good RPI at 44. I got him in. 
Um, I've been so excited to talk about this topic all week because I know so much about college basketball. Uh, for UConn, I think they are in. I mean, Gene Oriana is a beast, a wonderful coach. I think a future Hall of Famer. The men? He's a man. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, okay, how about Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cincinnati, I also have in. They have a little bit uh, worse of a strength of schedule, but of their some of their five losses have all be- been within two points. They've won seven of their last eight uh, late in the season, and their only double-digit root loss is against their crosstown rival, Xavier. I got them in. Well, the Bearcats have the power of two animals and should easily defeat <laughs> most singular <laughs> enemies. You stupid dick. I have them in. Because <laughs> they're bears and cats. <laughs> we got it, dude. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Oh, uh, in my defense, that might be the stupidest one I have. That's so. brilliant. That's inspired as far as I'm concerned. By that <laughs> math, some uh, school that's still establishing a sports program should snatch up man bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That would be a bear cat every day right, of the week. Exactly. <laughs> Twice on Sundays. What do you think about VCU, Hooli? Uh <laughs> VCU, I don't really like. Uh, bad strength of schedule, 105. They still have conference games against some other pretty good bubble teams. Dayton, who's going to be in. George Washington, who's not necessarily in. And St. Jones, who I St. Joe's, who I think is in. I got VCU out. Uh, I'm going to agree with you there, Hooli. Um, the Virginia Commonwealth uh, Rams, they moved to LA. I don't know what they're still doing here. Uh, out also. George Washington's been dead for like 200 years. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, I ruled him out of where I was going to go to college. Would that affect where, how they did in basketball? Yep. It's double out. Pittsburgh. Pitt Panthers I have out. They have a super embarrassing loss e- earlier in the season where they only put up 41 on their home floor against Louisville. I don't care that their strength of schedule is – Ranked 37, and their RPI is 41. I have them out. Uh, agree with you again, Hooli. We nice. saw what kind of damage the Panthers can do. Not much. Sorry, Cam. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse, I have in. I love their strength of, strength of schedule at 43. Uh, they beat Duke on the road, and they have a loss to Pitt at home. And regardless of how bad Pitt is, I still think Syracuse can pull it out. Plus, they always show up on the tournament. I'm going in. Disagree. Orange is a color, not a team. Out. Providence. Providence is in, and I'm going to give this uh, pretty much for one reason or one reason only. Chris Dunn is a monster. They're going to want to show him on TV. The kid's got to get on there. They also beat Villanova on the road. I have them in. Uh, Agree. Um, I don't know how it's fair that they have a monster on the team. These are supposed to be young men. But with a name like Providence, how could they not be blessed in? Butler. Butler, I have out. They've taken a dive since Brad Stevens went pro and went to Boston. Uh, They played Villanova close, but this isn't horseshoes or hand grenades. They still have to play Georgetown, Seton Hall, and Marquette. I think they win two out of three. And with a strength of schedule of 92, I have them out. 
The butler always does it in. Wisconsin. Wisconsin's in. Strength of schedule of three. They just beat Michigan. I think they're going to fare well in the Big Ten tournament. Wisconsin is in. When tournament organizers were asked about Wisconsin, they responded, Badgers, we don't need no stinking Badgers. Out. Michigan. Michigan just lost to Wisconsin. John Beeline is going to make a beeline for the NIT tournament. They are out. I'm from Ohio. Muck, Michigan. Out. California. California, I love. Uh, they're a bit of a bubble team, but an RPI of 18. Strength of schedule, 26. They have wins against uh, UCLA and USC. They're pretty hot right now. They're on a streak. They really look into that, how well you do at the end of the season. I have them in. These Bears are looking more golden than Grams. In. USC. That's the University of Southern California. I have them out with losses to Cal. They've lost uh, five of their last six recently. Uh, strength of schedule 56, not strong enough for me. They out. They'll be south of the regular California. Out. Florida. Uh, Florida moving into SEC, also known as the ACC of football. The SEC is garbage in basketball, but someone's going to make it. I think it's Florida with a strength of schedule of nine. They lost to Vandy, which is more of a credit to Vanderbilt than a knock on Florida. And I think they're in. Florida man arrested for masturbating at Burger King. Florida man kills roommate over missing corn dog. Florida man dead after shooting fireworks off head. Florida man too fat for jail. Florida is never in news for the right reasons. Out. USC. Uh, this is the University of South Carolina, and I have no idea. The Gamecocks, I don't know. Well, South Carolina is sitting at 23-6, and six, third in the SEC. I mean, they did win their first 15 games of the year, but they have lost six of their last 14, so I think that they uh, are running out of steam. I, I don't see them making the tournament. I disagree. Cox, go in. Uh, I mean, they go in and out, and in and out, and in and out. I don't know. Who can say? Oh, it's like Schrodinger's Gamecock. <laughs> Is it in the box? <laughs> Is it alive? Who knows? I, I, I never know when it's in. Uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's still in the SEC, but... Uh, the Commodores do well. They have a 48 uh, strength of schedule. They got wins over Florida, and they beat Kentucky recently. Anytime you can beat Kentucky, I'm going to go ahead and say that you are in, Vanderbilt. Congrats. Forget the Commodores. I'm all about Starship. Vanderbilt this city. Vanderbilt this city on tournaments. They're in. <laughs> <laughs> Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga. Perennial favorites. I don't care that their RPI is 70. Their strength of schedule is 135. They've beaten UConn and Washington, albeit on neutral courts. But they are Gonzaga. They are in. Forget their RPI. Their BMI is a crisp 16. They're in. That's it. That's the last one. 
Those were our bubble team picks. Come back in a couple of weeks and figure out if they're right or wrong. I feel pretty good about mine. Yeah, you had some sound logic. Thank you. I only kept track of what Huey said. (laughs) (laughs) We agreed on most of them. Yeah. My notes do not reflect that. Last week, the Joe got to go to the Combine, uh, so he's going to give us some thoughts, takeaways. Um, Did you lose an ear? I had an uncle who lost an ear in a Combine. Different Combine. Oh. Um, No, it was really cool. Um, It was great to be able to... Uh, go to Indianapolis with some uh, friends of mine, um, went in a Cleveland Browns jersey. Anytime I saw somebody else in Browns gear, we both looked at each other solemnly like, only you understand. Um, <laughs> but it was great. Um, so we landed uh, Friday night, uh, stayed at the hotel. You flew? No, just landed from driving. Cool. <laughs> I had the same thought. I was like, He's saying landed, but he means arrived. Yeah. <laughs> um, same thing. Um, so we arrived Friday night, uh, pretty much went straight to bed, um, got up early Saturday morning, like 6 o'clock. Um, we were staying at a Super 8 motel. Um, so obviously we put all of the clothes we were wearing in a plastic bag and tied it, and later this week I get to open them up. <laughs> nice. Uh, Continental breakfast? Continental means it's free. It, it was free. I don't know if it was breakfast, though. <laughs> uh, but we did get a couple cups of coffee for the road. Drove on down to Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, we were coming from basically an industrial park, and I thought that we were either very far away or going in the wrong direction until we turn a corner, and there at 6.15 in the morning at bright red lights, it says Lucas Oil. I was like, oh, okay, we must be here. Um, we get in, uh, they sit us down in, uh, into an area where they've, uh, built a podium, like a kind of a pop-up podium with mm-hmm. maybe a hundred and 150 seats around it. Um, we all had little boxed meals on our chairs with an apple, a granola bar, a bottle of water in it. It was delicious and cute. They gave us a little box, um, which had an earpiece in it. It was something you could put on your ear. Uh, it had a lanyard that you would wear around your neck. And uh, during the event, we could hear the commentators who were live on the NFL Network speaking about the event. So we got to hear everything as it was happening because they explained to us, obviously, that we had to be deadly, deathly silent, like like library silent. Really? Oh, yeah. We weren't even in the lower bowl either. We were kind of in the middle section, like right above the, the loge uh, area. And you can't cheer. You can't. We couldn't cheer. We weren't supposed to do anything. They were like, don't take pictures. Don't tweet about this. You know, we need to be the, have the results come out. Um, the And, and uh, they also had some former NFL players talk to us before. Um, just kind of give some context for the combine and everything. Um, uh one of the players who came out was former 
NFL completion percentage record holder, who's now in second place behind Drew Brees, Chad Pennington. I was going to say, two-time comeback player of the year. Yes. Chad Pennington. Former New York Jet Miami Dolphin, Chad Pennington. As soon as he walked out, I was like, damn, that's Chad Pennington from Marshall. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's pretty easy to be the completion leader when you can't throw past five yards. Oh, no, yeah. Dink and dunk is good for something other than donuts. Um, so uh, this, uh, I guess it makes sense, but this quiet shit is just fascinating to me. Well, and so if someone runs a blazing fast 40 time, like 416 and breaks CJ's record, you can't cheer, you can't. I, I I would imagine that there were definitely some moments when we had audible reactions to whatever was happening, either um, kind of like when a player drops a ball, like, oh, um, and, you know, there, stuff like that. But uh, it was more like a subconscious thing where sure. we weren't actively doing it. Nobody ever chastised us for doing it. But um, most importantly, I don't think they wanted the players to hear it or the cameras to pick it up. Um, sure. So, I mean, we were probably 200 feet away from these guys. So, I mean, just like in a, in a straight line, um, we watched uh, group four, which was half the quarterbacks and half the wide receivers. So we got to see them do their 40-yard dashes. We got to see uh, the quarterbacks throw to the wide receivers um, over different events like uh, slant routes and uh, out routes and comebacks. And uh, probably the coolest one of the day was the gauntlet which is yes. where a wide receiver starts on one sideline and one of the coaches um, tweets his whistle. The player has to do a quick 180, catch a ball from a quarterback, do another quick 180, catch a ball from a quarterback there. Then he takes off down the 50-yard line to the other sideline and he catches a ball from his left, drops it, catches a ball from his right, drops it, left, drops it, right, holds on to it, turns upfield and heads to the end zone without stepping out of bounds. Um, and they were timing it and, uh, we could hear like Rich Eisen in our ear and everything. And he's just like, why are they timing this? Like, this isn't translatable at all to the game. And all of the commentators were just like, I don't know, but it's, but it's awesome. It's hilarious. It's the gauntlet. Um, Rich Eisen's point is exactly how I feel about the entire combine. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, but it, but it's like, okay, great. You sweep left. I'm going to hit the C-gap, and then, Todd, see how many times you can bench press 245 pounds. <laughs> like, they're just not 100% applicable or translatable skills to me when you already have enough game tape. I don't know. You come scouting in. Scouting reports. Yeah, scouting yeah. reports. You know what's happening. And then you come in and ask these guys, like, weird questions. Like, would you have sex with your mother? Do you believe in aliens? Have you stolen anything? And these aren't even like the bad character people. Those guys are like, have you remorse? You know, do you smoke? Are you Catholic? You know, like just like all this kinds. This is really part of it? Yeah. yeah like, there's a psychological advantage. Ask- so there's four days to the combine. Um, only one of the four days. And it's um, it's a rolling cycle for players. So like group one, their day one is like Monday oh, of sure, that sure, week. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. Um, but there's a psychological evaluation, which Huli is speaking to, where they ask them those questions like that. That's there so weird. There is the physical evaluation, um, where they get you know everything checked, especially if they've had any medical concerns in college. This mm-hmm. is where they get to check like the ACL or whatever. Um, there are the individual workouts, which is like bench press, um, uh, you know, working on the machines, things like that. And then there's like the field drill day, which is the one that's televised, which is the, the 
yeah. event that I got to see. Uh, and part of the psychological evaluation is also the Wonderlick test. Yes, which, correct. Yes, which is rather controversial. Yeah, it's it's kind of a hot topic of whether or not it's worthwhile. I mean, the whole thing. Uh, a lot of the former players and the the people who were organizing it, who spoke to us beforehand, were explaining that this this nobody ever used to care about the combine. Like there was um, uh, Chad Pennington. Uh, Antonio Brown was there. Um, they were saying that when they were going through this, nobody cared. Nobody was watching them. Um, and well, no one was watching because it was Chad Pennington. <laughs> right. All I could think of at the combine was that image of Tom Brady and his boxer shorts standing on the scale in 1999. <laughs> oh, God, just looking awkward. You think at that point he's like, "I'm gonna marry Giselle." Yeah. <laughs> I went to Michigan. This article from. Uh, Oh, from 2012, it's talking about Andrew Luck and RG3's performances in the Combine and how they were both super, super impressive because they're both just, you know, great all-around athletes. Uh, (laughs) It says, um, when looking at numbers of... Oh, does Combine success equal actual NFL success? When looking at the numbers of past and present NFL quarterbacks considered good and bad, the very resounding answer to the question above is no, absolutely not. Just as Tom Brady, arguably the worst quarterback in the history of NFL or the earth when solely taking combine numbers into consideration. <laughs> yeah, he ran like a 5-2-8-40. Yeah. yeah. And was proud of it. Molasses slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like RG3 crushed it and is now – Apparently still trying to get into Miss Anderson's fifth grade class. <laughs> Tater tots, y'all. They're going to have a big year. RG3's vertical was 39. Tom Brady's was 24 and a half. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe Tom Brady's was that high. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were, they were all saying, like, how crazy it is how much stock is getting put into this. But... You know, especially the former players, they were like, you know, please act with respect. This is the biggest day for these guys. This is like the biggest job interview they may ever have. Um, and, you know, surely they'll, they they may move on to other teams in the future. But, like, this is going to be their first best chance to make a good impression. Um, and I think, you know, that, that it really put a responsibility on the crowd to make sure that we weren't messing this up but it was it no was, i mean that's real that i get like yeah they're young kids they're i mean they're men they're grown men but like i mean they're 20 to 22 23 and like there's they've trained for months specifically for this day yeah and some guys you know might pass because of injury because they don't feel comfortable lucas oil has a apparently traditionally slow 40 track so there are some wide receivers who won't run, and they'll just run at their own college pro days. Yeah. But, like, a lot of guys, like, if you're one of those guys who's like, maybe I'm a fifth, sixth rounder, maybe I can get bumped up to third or fourth with a fantastic combine. And you don't want to fuck it up for him by, like, holding a sign that says boners and then yelling farts real loud. <laughs> Uh, which was my original plan. I had to ditch the sign before I got in. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And it was um, – uh, NFL Senior Vice President of Football Administration Rod Graves, who spoke to us and said that why this is important is because it gets all of these players on 
an even playing field, so to speak, in the same conditions. So instead of having everyone run their 40 on their track or their grass or their turf or, you know, their backyard or wherever they choose to go, it gets all of these guys in the same place. So it reduces these variables so you can more easily compare. Um, And I want to talk about those psychological questions real quick. Have, Have either of you guys ever been in a position at a work where you had to interview other people for your company? No. I bartend. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I have. I, 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 the position I've been in now for a couple of years, I've been involved in interviews. I don't. We don't care what people say. We care how people say it. Um, and I think that that is. I would have to imagine one of the purposes behind questions like that. They want to see how these kids are going to respond. Like. If it's like, hey, would you ever have sex with your mother? It's like, nah, fuck no, man. That's what are you talking about? No, of course I'm not gonna fucking do that. It's like, oh, you know, this is a job interview. You, it, you, I'm sure that they're looking for like a cordial response to like that. Um, well, seeing as how I'm not a fan of Oedipus, I don't believe it would be prudent and or legal at this point. Also, uh, mostly, I'm just not interested. That is the perfect. I want you as my franchise quarterback. Put that man on a football team. Yeah. I have a 24-inch vertical. (laughs) Ugh. Fine. Win four Super Bowls with us, I guess. Um, So I think that that is is a lot of it. Um, Sure. And that's like the general stuff. But that's also not – I mean, those are like uh, baseline, like we'll call them five character guys on a scale of one to ten. Neutral character. PH, you know, neutral. Yeah. Uh, on some of the guys who you're like, well, you've transferred or like, hey, you've been busted twice for smoking pot. Like those questions, I think that they are specifically looking for. Are they repenting? Do they feel for it? Have they learned anything? Have they moved on? Yeah. Not just like the hows, but also the whys. Like they're really looking for genuine answers there. I think you're probably right. Um, and it, it can be surprising sometimes the types of questions that the types of answers people will give to the questions you ask. So yeah, I, I, I guess I, I will kind of backtrack a little bit on what I just said. And sometimes it is what you say. Um, when I, I talk with my coworkers, whenever we get out of an interview, we're always just like, all I want you to be is smart enough to lie to me. Like mm-hmm. it's a job interview. Tell me that this is going to be your biggest priority. Tell me that, you know, whatever. And like when I get you in the door, like, yeah, I know you're going to have other stuff, but like, you just tell me what I want to hear right now. I'm never that guy. I'm always so honest. They're like, well, Brian, would you like to, where do you see yourself, bartending? Or I'm like, no, nah, if I get a comedy show, I'm going to go do that instead of bartend. And that's when I see like a big red pen come out and just <laughs> check my application. <laughs> and I feel like that's what I would do. And like, and that's also a very small portion of the interview process for them. So, like, as honestly as you answered there, apparently when you come down and interview with the Patriots, it's Bill and a bunch of iPads, and you break down game tape, and you talk about plays. Like, you walk right in, and they go, great, that loss, that 43-94 loss that you had to Northwestern, let's talk about that. And, like, you go through and break down every minutia of all the plays. I think that's because if there's anybody in the NFL who doesn't care about personalities, or rather trusts the infrastructure that he has put in place to not have to worry about personalities, it's Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. You get stripped of all personalities when you go and play in New England. He's like the Borg. 
It's fucking <laughs> Lacutus. Um, also, what in what universe can the Northwestern football team put up 94 <laughs> points? I was thinking that too, man. I was like, wow, yeah, I would want to ask that player about that game too. That's insane. And I'm hoping he played on offense. If he was on defense, I'm not going to even consider him. Um, it, it's really cool. One of the guys that we got to kind of uh, talk with for just – a minute or two was Bears co-owner George McCaskey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, my friend's boyfriend was wearing a Bears jersey, and he was walking by, and I was like, oh, Bears fan, you know, happy to see you. Um, and, uh, w- yeah, I didn't get a chance to speak with him. I really wanted to ask him or anybody who is a decision-maker for a team, like, how far this event can move the needle on somebody. Because they have to have some info, but, like, how far can they bomb it or how far could somebody like really yeah. ramp up their stock yeah. with what happens that weekend? Um, but it, it was really cool. It was really fun to see all of the players out on the field. Um, and I, I wasn't able to articulate this until my friend Miranda put, put these words together. I was really enjoying seeing the players drop balls and like fall down. And like, sure, you're a hater. I get that. No, and I'm not. And I, I, I don't wish any ill on these, these, you know, 21, 22 year old kids who are, are trying to fulfill their dreams of, of, you know, making it to the biggest stage in their in their chosen profession. Um, I, I couldn't understand why, um, but it, it was because they are kids and they are human. And one day, some of these guys that I saw, I, I got to see. Um, Jared Goff. I was going to ask Gar- Goff and Wentz. And- uh, I didn't get to see Wentz. So they, they divided the quarterbacks and wide receivers into two groups, alphabetical order. So I saw the first half of the alphabet for okay. both quarterbacks and wide receivers. My sure, quarterbacks sure, sure. went through um, Adams from Oregon to two after Hackenberg, somebody with an L. Um, I didn't see Lynch. He was like the ne- the first mm, one in the next group. Damn. So like Lynch and Wentz would have been in the in sure, group sure, five. Sure. Um, for wide receivers, I got to see uh, Boyd from Pittsburgh. Ooh yeah. Doxson from T uh, TCU. Um, those guys stood out. So did Will Fuller from Notre Dame. Uh, those guys really stood out. Even to just watching them being like, man, they made it look so easy catching those balls. Um, What was I saying? Uh, you were enjoying watching them drop because you're a hater. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not because I'm a hater or, or I want to see them fail. But it's because some of these guys might end up being Pro Bowlers and Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and I got to see them in Under oh, Armour yeah. yeah. falling all over themselves. Uh, not exactly the same situation as Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Dick Jones. Mississippi State, Chris Ooh. Jones. Uh, if you the only ha- clip I've seen from the combine, but boy <laughs> have I seen it. <laughs> well, what was the over under on that? Uh, fifteen. I'd probably take the over. And I said you'd probably be right. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to see this, uh, Chris Jones, uh, while running his forty-yard dash, at first when you're watching it in full speed. Not really sure what happens. He kind of doubles over and then falls down right after the finish line. But when you get the head-on angle in the slow motion, uh, you can see his dingle be dongling. Um, His, I will put this bluntly, 
entire Com- penis and balls. <laughs> <laughs> and when we say entire, we There's mean a lot there. That yeah. motherfucker was running a 14-inch dash. <laughs> Uh, when you ask him to go the extra mile, he could leave off the last foot and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so check out that clip if you think that might be something you're into. It's great. And the when his coach his coach comes up to him yeah. at the end, he's like, "What uh, what happened there, kid?" Dick came out. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I plainly could said. Listen <laughs> to him saying those three sweet words (laughs) and he has like a a kind of like bashful grin on his face but he didn't seem too embarrassed no hell no he was just i mean yeah how could you flop out moby yeah that's yeah that's a very good point uh he just says dig came out It is for all of these reasons that I cannot stop watching that video. It's also amazing because it, it, at least part of the machinations, like maybe a ball, <laughs> is out at 10 yards. Like, it's out the whole time. Yeah. That, that thing probably caused him to not be as aerodynamic as he possibly could have been. Like it, it probably Oh, you're getting put, drag off that. Yeah, there are some tenths of seconds on his time that should not be there. Uh, and I feel like in the mostly mayor world of football and judges and scouting, they go, can't take that time. Dick came out. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it, kid. Go, Dick came I mean, out. I'll see you at your pro day. <laughs> Dick came out. <laughs> A little bit of DCO. Never hurt anybody. <laughs> Except for maybe Pee Wee Herman. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see anything that exciting. Um, Connor Cook kept missing wide receivers in a drill. Um, a totally low-pressure situation. Uh, Marshall Falk was in our ears. Uh while the NFL Network went to commercial break, he was talking to us just being like, hey, here's the thing that you guys saw last. And, you know, here's the information about the next one. Uh, we saw apparently a record. Uh, we saw the first 100% completion for the slant route oh. uh, drill in the history of the combine. I can't believe no one's ever hit that at a hundo. Yeah. Um, the though There were coaches helping out all the players, explaining the drills. Um, the ones helping out the wide receivers was the uh, was from the Kansas City Chiefs, so obviously he instructed them to never score a touchdown. <laughs> um, this this combine was the first time in five years that the school with the most prospects isn't Alabama or Florida. Can you name the school with the most prospects? University of Georgia. Oregon. So close. Ohio State. 14 players from Ohio State were invited to the Combine this year. In fact, Urban Meyer was there on Saturday uh, talking to Rich Eisen for a little bit. I wanted to say Ohio State because I thought that's when it may be, but I didn't want to throw up in my mouth on the mic. <laughs> that's totally fair. Um, Lucas Oil Stadium was really cool. Um, I now know how they footed the bill for such a complex stadium. Even the gates and entrances were sponsored. I came in the H.H. Gregg South entrance. What? Yep. Yikes. Anything that they could find a name to slap on it, they did. 
I mean, all, all in all, it was great. It was it was a really cool experience. I, I really enjoyed hearing the former players talk about how um, they sh- uh, the, the players there today shouldn't take this for granted and how hard it is to work. And uh, one of the players, he didn't go drafted but still had a 10-year career. Um, and speaking as a fan, this uh, isn't a joke. I'm not going to go against our um, edicts previously issued, but it made me so mad and disappointed regarding Johnny Manziel and how it seems he is throwing away an opportunity that these these guys they didn't have to be there that that day they're part of the uh, the NFL legends community so they apparently go to events like this to be able to speak as a former NFL player or somebody with that experience just talking about what a special opportunity is for all of these men and um you know it, it makes me really happy as as a Browns fan that we have a a high pick in the draft, but it makes me happy as an NFL fan that hopefully a lot of the kids are getting this message and will turn it into as as productive of a career mm-hmm. as their um, skill, circumstance, and health will allow. And I, I hope that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I wish all the kids the best. Um, like to see more Michigan kids there, but. Like to see more DCO. Everyone wants more DCO. Dick, Dick came out. a blowout but let's sit down for some garbage time all right boys you're trapped in an elevator for three hours with either Stephen a smith or skip bayless oh god jesus and we have to pick one gotta choose one okay okay all right okay i'm gonna go Stephen A. Smith. Mm-hmm. And like Principal Skinner says, I'm going to make a game of it. <laughs> I'm going to see how many times I can slap him in an hour and then try and beat that record. <laughs> I guess you'll have two chances to beat it. Um, I'm, I was going to say, I'm going to go with Skip Bayless and hopefully talk to him about his brother Rick and how much I enjoyed Frontera when I went there. Oh, yeah. He's got a new spot opening up on uh, Randolph Street as well. Wonderful. Hopefully, I can maintain that for upwards of 20 or 30 minutes and then pretend that I'm asleep for the next two and a half hours. I'm going to have to switch hands, right, left, back, front, foot slaps. I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be good cardio for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to try. Yeah. Here's some more cardio for you. In a fight, would you rather have Mel Kuyper Jr. or Todd McShay on your side? I'll take Mel Kuyper Jr. I mean, the kid's fast. The kid's strong. I think he's going to shore up the blind side. I, I have him with a real blue chip. Not a chance. Todd McShay is the way to go. He's younger. He's stronger. Like you said, he was the quarterback for Ohio State. Kid's probably got a strong overhand right. Plus, there's no way anybody can get through Mel Kuyper's bulletproof hair. 
Have you seen it this season yet? No. Oh, bro. His hairline is receding. Oh, man. He's going to have a bulletproof forehead in a moment. I suppose we all will. But like running away faster than the Cavs in the playoffs. Hit us up with the next one, MB. What are the three events in a make-believe combine that you think you would excel in? I mean, I've got one on lockdown, and that's sleeving magic cards. (laughs) <laughs> I can do that shit so fucking fast. Oh, first round. Here I come. Uh, I'm going to say expertly twisting off double stuff Oreo. So all the cream is on mm. one side to create a quad stuffed Oreo in record time. Um, I'll say uh, uh, destroying any kind of baked goods, but especially like donuts Oh yeah, uh, eating a whole box of cereal in one sitting. Um, finally, um, I guess if I had to choose one, um, regretting regret, regretting life decisions, <laughs> making bad life decisions. Great, we make a great tandem. <clears throat> I think we already do. Yeah. The Oscars were last weekend, and uh, we all know how much Huli loves blue chips. <laughs> What's your favorite athlete performance in a movie? That's a great question. My first instinct that I'm not going to go with is O.J. Simpson in the Naked Gun series. But why not? Because I have inability to separate art from the artist. Um, It was before he did allegedly some horrible things. I think another one in the running is Howie Long in Firestorm, but I'm going to go with The Undertaker Mm. in Suburban Commando, which also starred Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd. Mm, Okay. I can't say I'm privy to that. You're missing out, man. I don't think I ever am going to see it. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with one of my favorite comedies of all time, and a fantastic cameo by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the pilot. He, uh, I had a feeling that's where you were going when you said one of the greatest comedies of all time. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just crushed it. He was really good. I mean, obviously, Leslie Nielsen's great in it. But, like, just that quick cameo. You try busting your bunt every night up and down the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's just so good. He grabs that kid by the collar. And the whole time, the other pilot's going... Ever spend time in a Turkish prison? And Kareem is just straight face flying that plane. Uh, That's a great choice. I regret not choosing that. I think mine's a toss-up between Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler and Shaq in anything. (laughs) He was good in Kazam. Oh, especially when that towel was coming out both sides of his ears. (laughs) was Kazam. (laughs) I am Kazam. Kazam! All right, that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, Tune in next week for the first week of March. March means madness. March means WrestleMania lead-up. And March means your left, your left, your left, right, left. (laughs) That is marching. That's real. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes. Like us, rate us, tweet at us, at Hooli and the Joe. um, And just have a great week. Yeah, keep your head up, guys and girls. We're almost out of this winter thing. Also, I decided if you're a big fan of Hooli, you are a Hooligan. Have a great week.
We're going to take a break so I can put my finger in my butt. (laughs) Kanye, get out of here. I want to put my finger in my butt and I need time to do it. Also, that's like the best thing that Kanye's done in years. 